Welcome to the Broadway Show Uncut. I'm Tamsin Fidel. Well, it's beginning to look a lot more like Christmas. Maybe the trees are not all up yet and the presents aren't all wrapped, but there's plenty of holiday spirit in the air for sure. So the timeless classic, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. It's back on Broadway, but we've never seen it like this. It's a solo show. Tony winner Jefferson Mays, yes, plays more than 50 parts, including a potato in this wild and glorious reimagining. I'm gonna talk to Jefferson in just a few, but first, even though winter is in the air, we're feeling hot, 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 movie magic is coming alive on Broadway in Some Like It Hot. So this is a musical adaptation of the 1959 Hollywood classic, Some Like It Hot. It still takes place back in the day, but there are some pretty cool updates for a modern audience. Paul Wontorek talked to two of the stars, Christian Borel and Jay Harrison G. You are about to star in a big, splashy, brassy, <laughs> Broadway original musical at the Schubert Theater, like the grandest, I mean. The this, historic this, Schubert Theater. As we like to say, the flagship. That's the, right. the Broadway flagship. The flagship of the Schubert organization. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> How does that feel? I mean, this is, the, this is a big, big gig. It's exciting. Uh, it's, we have so much fun every day collaborating and creating, and it's, it's a good time. Is it, Christian? You're making faces. No, it really is. It feels like a dream. You know, that we took a little break for a couple of years. Yeah. So the idea yeah, I heard that about we're, that. we're yeah. teching on the stage of the Schubert, it feels like a dream. I feel very grateful yeah. to be by your side. Yeah, you started this journey pre-COVID, and mm -hmm. now it, we, we are in the new Broadway, and people are looking for a big musical, right? I mean, I think this is the kind of thing people really want to get out and have a good time. It looks like a good time. It is. I think we were all stunned when we got into the theater and we saw the set by Scott Pask and Natasha yeah. Katz is lighting it. Yeah. It just feels like an old, and in the best way, an old-fashioned musical comedy. There are no, I keep, they're going to drive me, I'm sorry everyone, but there are no social media posts being projected on the back wall. Yeah. There's just right. a train that comes on stage. Uh -huh. That's our social media post. Truly. Is a train that chug-a-lugs on stage. And then pure talent. So it's classic. It's it's it's, right. it's not a high tech, but it is. I mean, it is. It's, it's, but it's it's, yeah. it's sumptuous and it's, yeah. it's but simple at its core. At the same way, it, it's like everything is just like we're telling a story, and the story is what shines. That's right. The set is fun. It is beautiful. It's gorgeous. The costumes Greg Barnes has designed mm. out of this world. Mm -hmm. Like I can't Lush. wait. Like truly. Yeah. But Our then, chandelier is the story. Truly. And those twinkly eyes. <laughs> Very flirty, Christian, yeah. with your co-star. I love um, it. <laughs> that, that's how you build chemistry. That's right. Well, yeah. Did you two immediately have, I mean, you play best friends mm -hmm. in the show. Uh, did you immediately, did you know each other before you joined on to this project? It was a lot of trust exercises. Yeah, yeah. And we've, we've built a lot of trust. Now we've gotten to a point where we can just, with one look, know exactly what we need and what we want. What Norma Desmond right style. <laughs> we can't say it on the Broadway show. <laughs> With one look. Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Some Like a Hop, I know this, I've heard of this, I've heard of this title. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a well-loved movie uh, written by Billy Wilder, one of my favorites, who mm -hmm. also directed it, and IAL Diamond, mm -hmm. who wrote a lot of his movies with him. Uh, a Hollywood classic, 
comedy classic, Marilyn Monroe classic. It's known for many things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now you I two love are. I the pronunciation, Marilyn Monroe. Some people say Monroe, some people say Monroe. Oh, interesting. Monroe. Am I yeah. saying it right or no, wrong? I don't know. There is no right or wrong. I'll yeah. have to rewatch Blonde on Netflix and find <laughs> out. <laughs> Apparently, it's light. <laughs> like comedy, like, like some like it hot. Very, very. Um, <laughs> so, this is a, a well loved property. And it also actually became a musical almost 50 years ago called Sugar, That's which right. is Marilyn's, yeah. I'm not even gonna say her last name, her character. <laughs> I don't wanna get criticized. <laughs> Just an observation. That's right. <laughs> but I think the 2022 Some Like Yehaw is probably a little different than, than maybe how it was handled 50 years ago in, mm -hmm. in Sugar. Can you talk about that a little bit? I feel like we are looking at, at it with a fresh perspective. That's the idea, that's the hope. Um, it, it was ahead of its time then and we're trying mm -hmm. to do our own version. We're not trying, we are. We're doing our own thing and bringing our own message and, and sharing our own joy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what is the, the message? Because, okay, so the, the story is you're two guys in a band. Or did I already misstep? And that band is called Panic at the Disco. <laughs> it's a jukebox musical. You know. Um, yeah, we're a couple of freelance musicians. I yes. think that's where we got yes. hung up on the yeah. details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a depression, you understand. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it's a couple of guys from way back friends. His family took me in. Um, and we've just been hustling ever since and trying to get work. Working um, for mobsters. No. It, not anymore? See, well, I, see, this is the I thing. I don't like to, but we do what we must for the, for the cash. That's right. And we get into trouble. And hijinks ensue. You, uh, do you still witness a murder? We do. You yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, we, okay. we stick to the template of the film. I don't that, know what we're stepping yes. into here no, with right. something yeah. like a hot. I mean, there are a lot of surprises that we obviously don't want to spoil. So if we're tiptoeing a little sure. bit, it's because we want people to come and have a fresh experience yes. and be surprised by what it is that sure. we're doing. Uh -huh. um, but it's definitely the classic story that we're doing. It is a period piece, but it is we are living in 2022. Mm -hmm. I think that's correct, right? Yeah. And the story is told with a modern perspective on it. And you're still Joe and Jerry. Yeah. Correct. And you are hiding out on a train with Sweet Sue and her band. That's right. all the same. Yes. Her society syncopators. And you're in disguise. That's correct. Okay. And so talk about your disguises. Talk about your alter egos that we get to meet <laughs> uh, in the show. Alter ego. <laughs> I'm just Better being half. me. <laughs> I'm just finding me. Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting, true, actually, it? what you just said. That, yeah, so, it very yeah, much okay. is. Yeah. I mean, these are the kind of things that people, you know, are going to be experiencing when they come into the show. They're going to come in with, with a real interesting uh, set of sort of plot points, and they're going to come in, you're going to blow their minds, maybe. Yeah, and that's the, the fun, at least for me, and, and being drawn to the project of the journey I get to have as Jerry, and that mirror I get to share with people of living beyond your own limits and labels and boundaries and mm -hmm. finding freedom and allowing circumstances to really expand you and stretch you beyond your wildest imagination. Wow. I love that. And I'm the jerk who's along for the ride. <laughs> Classic <laughs> musical comedy fodder. But the jerk learns too. You That's know, right. The That's jerk right. learns, he grows. That's right. Yeah. I love it. So Jerry's gonna go on a, a whole new journey here. That that uh, Robert Morse and uh, and uh, um, Tony Roberts. Who? Tony Roberts. Oh my God! No, no. But who was who was in the movie? I'm Jack Lemmon. Oh, thank Jack you, thank Lemmon. you, thank yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you, thank you. Uh, so let me yeah. just give me a minute. Uh, um, 
<laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, he's good. He's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, you're gonna, so Jerry's going to go on a whole journey that maybe Jack Lemmon in the original movie and Robert Morris in the last musical, they could have never even imagined. But, I mean, still honoring that Jack Lemmon for the foundation that was laid and, and all the, the fun and frivolity that you expect. Like, you still get all of that. Yeah. So there is a lot of concern or a lot of um, hesitation about these. People talk about it all the time. There was a whole article, I believe, like, are men in dresses still funny? Mm -hmm. um, and there's been a lot of discussion based on um, past shows like Tootsie and Mrs. Doubtfire, which you were a part of. Yeah. You did not play yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire, but you were fantastic in it. And so it's been, it's been this whole discussion about whether or not these properties are still viable. Audiences, I think, love the um, theatricality of this device. But it sounds like by rethinking the story, we're sort of dealing with a lot of the potential landmines of, of, of the classic way of telling it. Yeah. Is that fair? No, oh, absolutely. Um, and there's no, uh, we've all been conscious of how we are collaborating and creating this together and bringing it forward and making it fresh and new and bringing it, presenting it through the 2022 lens um, and making sure that uh, the humor is not based in men in dresses. Yeah. The humor is based in circumstance yeah. and in, in the experiences that are happening on this journey. Yeah. Um, and there's so much happening on this journey. Yeah. Um, and it is fun. It's fun to do, at least for me, uh, to, to find yourself in these circumstances and be like, Oh, what what would this bring out in me as a human? Yeah, uh, and and bringing that to life. You were of course you you of course were a part of Kinky Boots, so yeah. we've seen you um, be fantastic in, in these kinds of costumes. What about you, Christian? I I feel like I've seen you do all sorts of um, get ups Careful. on, on Careful. Broadway. <laughs> I've, right I've seen you do uh -huh. everything. But they all had big lot, big eyes. A lot of them to get a big laugh. Sure, sure. <laughs> so talk about what uh, what this is going to be like for you. Uh, I love my costumes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. Um, my big toes hurt a little more than usual. Okay. But that's okay, I'm getting used to it. And just to kind of piggyback on what, what Jay was saying, I think as we tell this story in our way, I think it's important to note that the thinking in my head is that we all as a team uh, understand where the jokes are not. Mm. Is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Because we want to be sensitive to this new world and the world of mm -hmm. gender discussion. Absolutely. And so you and you have a creative team that obviously is putting the work into doing that. And I do think I think you know Matthew Lopez has been working on this for six years now, and Amber Ruffin came in a couple years ago yeah. to add her spin to it as well. And but he uh, the work that he did initially, I think, cracked it wide open. Mm -hmm. Don't you yeah. think? Oh yeah. And obviously, there's great diversity in the company. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about your sugar. <laughs> Adriana Hicks. Sugar! Oh. People know her from Six, the musical. Yes. And she's definitely sweet and hot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All the things. That, that, I mean, there are moments in the show, like, it is just... It, the, I don't even know what the word is. It's just like, I'm enamored with her every day. The moment she gets to have and the, the journey that she's having throughout the show, it's... Yeah. She can only be honest. Yeah. And I think with Sweet, you know, I'm not spoiling anything. I don't think we have Kevin Delagula as well, who is a foil for Jay. And uh, I, mm -hmm. Joe slash Josephine, become friends with uh, Adriana Sugar. 
And that's another thing, you know, we've come to a new place. What I'm so excited about in this story is that Josephine's friendship with Sugar is a true friendship that translates into Joe's friendship with Sugar. And so the cringe is taken out, the kind of awkward lying mm. is, we've cracked that. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, you're not watching someone lie through his teeth to get with Sugar. It's Got a it. totally different take on it. Mm -hmm. And it's really sweet. Yeah. Well, it's actually kind of amazing how you can take a classic property and honor what people love about it, but actually put it through a new lens. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that we watch in this day and age, classic movies that we've loved. Like over the course of the pandemic, probably rewatched almost every movie from my childhood. And we all have had that experience of like, oh, I love this movie. And then you're watching it again and you go, ooh, yeah. that doesn't age well. Right. But Some Like It Hot ages very, very well. Because I think they came at it with an earnestness and an innocence and a good spirit. And, uh, and now we're just piggybacking on that. And now I'm piggybacking on piggybacking. It's all I can say is piggybacking. <laughs> I've fallen into a loop. Slap me. As hard as you can. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman uh, wrote the songs. They're, they're pretty good. They're pretty fantastic, Amazing. actually. I'm always excited for a new score of theirs. Are you guys getting to uh, perform some fantastic numbers? Listen, from the downbeat <laughs> of the, fr the first note, it's just exhilarating, it's exciting. Natasha Yvette Williams opens the show. Mm. And literally, you feel all of us. She opens her mouth and we all go, here we go. <laughs> like truly, it's the train is leaving the station and we're in for a ride. And I do think it's their best score in years. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Every single song is an earworm in Scott's lyrics. They're both of their lyrics are so witty and so smart. Yeah, um, Yeah, it's a thrill. And Casey Nicola, mm -hmm. uh, he, he's fantastic too. Yes, Another wonderful. Tony winner on your creative team, uh, mm -hmm. director, choreographer. You've worked with him before. Uh, have you worked? You Not haven't worked time. with him yeah. before. Um, this is a new musical, no out of town tryout. Uh, this is sort of like one of those classic Broadway things where one says like, wait a minute, you're doing it directly on Broadway without trying it in Cleveland or mm -hmm. San Diego, but you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, you've done this before. Something rotten. With something Same rotten thing. with Casey. So maybe you feel like Casey's got it. We got this in the we got this figured out. But is it is it uh, scary? Is it exhilarating? What is it like to to be bringing a brand new show to audiences at the Schubert Theater, the the Crown. Let's okay. call it the Crown, <laughs> the Crown of Broadway. Mm -hmm. uh, great dressing rooms too. Mm -hmm. um, what is it like to actually be bringing a brand new show in front of audiences every night and to go through that preview period with them? It's exciting. Like, I cannot wait for our audiences to experience what we've been brewing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, we look at each other every day and we're like, this is, this, it's special. And Casey has created this room of, of collaboration and fun and safety and love that we just come to work and have a good time and then also make magic. Yeah, there's no nonsense in the room. That's one of Casey's great skills is just collecting people who, uh, take care of each other and there's no baloney and no drama. Um, but yeah, we're waiting uh, in two weeks, we'll get audiences in. You know, we've had people like come in a little bit, mm -hmm. but they're all either friends or designers who are thinking with their you know designer brain while they're yeah. watching. So it's on November 1st, it will be fascinating to mm. hear the reaction. And then that's when like the real work begins. I think yeah. Casey is so good at thinking long-term. There are things you know that I, 
like want to get done now. But he's mm -hmm. like, just you know, mm -hmm. give it some time, and then mm -hmm. they'll come in, and then we'll see, and we'll rewrite and do the whole thing. And then December 11th, I think it'll be a very different show than it will be on November 1st. Mm -hmm. and it's exciting. But it's going to be hot every night. That's exactly right. It's right there in the title. Okay. <laughs> because some like it hot, doesn't it's everybody? Bad. Wow. <laughs> what is your um, favorite thing about each other? <laughs> Go on. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's rock solid, steady. I can always depend on his. He is my favorite quality in a person, which is constancy. I always know what I'm going to get wherever you are uh, in your daily life, wherever you are artistically. I know I can rely on you to be fundamentally you. There's no guessing. It's my favorite thing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Ooh, how many? <laughs> oh, God. There's so much. No, really, truly. This will be edited, yes? <laughs> God. Go ahead. No, I love that. I Very similarly, I can always trust that, like, even in your, I love the freedom in which you play and find every day. The fun of coming to work and being like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make a choice. And then, like, you need to throw that to the wind mm. and just, like, let that be. Yeah. And then have another take at it. And then it's it's always fun. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. He's and a earnest. funny guy. It, it, it's, but it's, it's not like, it's not a put on thing. It's not for the sake of, it's just a like, this is what you get. Oh, it's put on. I'm putting it on right now. <laughs> Listen, we all put it on. <laughs> one way or another. But I like the way you put it on. Ditto. Jay, I want to ask you uh, one sort of bonus question. You identify as non-binary. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, you are opening in a big musical in a very juicy role. How do you feel like the Tony Awards and awards in general should, should handle this new world of uh, gender discussion? Oh, uh, that's a good question. If you, let's, let's give you, you, you can figure it out. We're, we're assigning <laughs> you to figure it out. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's one of the things I, in my life I I am finding myself daily and giving myself the space to just exist and to be, yeah. um, and try to actively share that energy with everyone and the understanding of like we're all human beings. Yeah. The labels and the limits and the boundaries that we set on each other are so antiquated and so it's like we have to shake it up. And so we have to free ourselves from what has been the norm mm -hmm. and allow there to be room to grow. So as long as we leave that door open to room and, and not limit to being the same thing all the time, then we can get somewhere. And I don't expect it to change overnight. It's not like drop of a hat, it's mm -hmm. different, but with more representation and more confidence and, and freedom and authenticity existing in the world, hopefully it's honored in its fullness. But those categories need to be looked at. I mean, <laughs> and we'll just give you a special Tony, <laughs> and I'll take it. <laughs> As I mentioned, Tony Award winner Jefferson Mays plays more than fifty roles in this one-man telling of the Dickens classic. He's really good at this sort of thing. Jefferson won his Tony back in two thousand four when he played nearly forty characters then in I Am My Own Wife. And he was nominated again in 2014 for playing eight parts in A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Here's a conversation I had with Jefferson. Uh, nice to see you, by the way. It's been a long time. It certainly has. It's lovely to see you. How are 
are you? I know you were busy. Um, you wrapped one show and now you've jumped right into another. Yes, finished The Music Man, left River City and have entered Victorian London. Yeah, so it's quite a change. How, how was Music Man? It was how glorious. Was, how, was, how was Hugh? Hugh is is everything you'd imagine about him. He's, he's, he's a perfect human being. He was so lovely. His leadership of the Music Man and Sutton's was just exemplary. They gave us bagels. He gave us lottery tickets every Sunday. Wow. No, they were definitely the mom and dad of Music Man and are just such lovely people. Ask you that about a show. Does it does it take that? Do you want? Do, is that is that a nice thing to have when there is somebody that's, you know, uh, kind of taking charge of the 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 enthusiasm? Of Absolutely. The show? I think I think it requires great leadership from the uh, from the leads in the cast, and they and he came across with that in spades. It was just gorgeous. It was oh. so, such fun. I've never had so much fun before in my life. Uh, and it was a it was a gorgeous cast, uh, a cast of what forty people it must have been, uh, and now I'm with the most wretched cast in New York at oh, the Nederland. Oh, that's not true. Infighting, backbiting, <laughs> backstabbing, wretched people. But I heard his tremendous leadership there as well. Well, I I don't know. It depends on who you talk to. So uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the show. You've been doing it uh, for a little while now, and um, I, we don't know how many times this is yet, do we? I haven't really had the courage we to know count how many it years, up. Though. Yes, I did it four years ago okay. at the Geffen Theater in Los Angeles, where Michael Arden and Dane Laffrey and my wife Susan Lyons and I came together and made uh, pretty much what you'll see at the uh, Nederlander. Um, and then we had a, a four-year hiatus because of pandemic and other yes. things. And now we're back in front of a living, breathing, gasping, laughing, living audience. And crowded. it's fantastic. Yes. Crowded Times Square. Yes. Did you ever think you were going to be uh, so appreciative of a crowded Times Square? No. Right? No. Yeah, it's transformed. I feel like Scrooge. I've had this, this, this personal transformation in which I'm embracing the crowds and chaos of Times Square. I feel like we all are, yeah, right? We've all no. changed a bit. Okay, let's talk about what you have with you because you were clutching this book when I walked in today. Oh, yes. Uh, can you show it to us? This is, yes, this is A Christmas Carol, um, which I, 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 is never uh, apart from me. I just uh, go around with it all the time. I wrote it by hand in, in pencil. But it's the whole show, and I just have it to have have it with me always, so I can just consult it and and mutter on the subway and. Uh, it doesn't have any other notes in it, though. It's no, just written. So it's talk, just will you the talk words. about your technique because that's really interesting to me. Well, it's kind of a memorization technique. I think it's easier to memorize something when you're in motion somehow, whether it's walking down a street or or in this case transcribing it with a pencil on paper. It tends to stick in my my mind more. And it's also an emphasis on the words because this is a play particularly that is just based on words. There are beautiful images, this evocative sort of dreamlike set that uh, Dane and uh, Michael have come up with. But ultimately it's the text and this is Dickens's own text. It's his own brutal cut of the unexpurgated uh, manuscript of Christmas Carol, which takes about three hours to read, but this is down to a lean 90 minutes, and uh, it's Dickens approved. 90 minutes of all you. Yes, I don't shut up <laughs> for an instant. When I'm not talking, I'm talking. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you, um, are there certain parts that you get to and you go, oh, I can't wait to get to that part? Are there certain parts that like, you just, you know, talk through and you know you're there? Is there something that excites you? Uh, I mean, Obviously, all the words can be exciting, but is there something in particular that speaks to you when you're up on that stage? Yes, it's a weird 
kind of hallucinatory experience that I have. A lot of times you're doing a play and you come out and do some exposition in scene one and then you go away and have a glass of water and talk to your friends and come do another little scene. There's something in act two and then there's the denouement and finale. No, this, I step onto this magic carpet at the beginning and then it all passes in this, this hallucinatory blur and then it's over. It's the fastest 90 minutes I've ever spent in my life, I think. That's, it's um, incredible, because I, I always wondered how that happens. I, I, you just put yourself in that place and go. Yeah, And there's exactly. nobody else, there's no distraction, there's nobody else, there's nobody else to rely on either. Precisely. Is there anything intimidating about that? You or know, I do you thought feel there like... would be. I thought that's such a good question, because I thought there would be. I think I'm more frightened and more intimidated and experience stage fright when I'm with other people because I, re I feel responsible as a team player. I want to be there, pick up my cue, give them the right line for their cue uh, and be present. When you're on the stage by yourself, you're responsible only to yourself. So I think that takes the burden off of me. You know, I feel, well, whatever it is, it is. All, all it's out here is me and this wonderful audience. So. That's, a, that's fascinating. Yeah, though, it was fascinating to me. I absolutely think it would be the Opposite, You'd think it would be opposite. the actor's nightmare of being yes. naked in front of an audience, you know, all by yourself. You don't do that in this, no, right? Uh, no, okay, okay. I'm not telling. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> um, let me ask you this question. So, you, um, you, how are audiences responding now? Because now that we're, you know, in, in on stage, it is opened. Yes. How are audiences responding? They're they're gorgeous. It's a, it's a peculiar experience with this because it's just me mm -hmm. and the audience. Mm -hmm. So in, in many ways, it's a, it's a, a creative act mm -hmm. uh, between the two of us. The performance happens someplace in between because I'm playing 50 characters trying to evoke uh, Victorian London and this wonderful story, and, and they have to fill it in with their imaginations. So it's somewhere, uh, it's somehow akin to a radio play in which it's the audience's imaginations that provides the truly astonishing special effects. I'm curious about this with the po podcasts, which are everywhere now, and that, you know that's kind of radio to me. Yeah, I'm you know from the generation of radio, so to me that's radio. Um, I wonder if people have more of an appreciation of of a of a performance like this because they're used to having their own imagine their imagination be used, being you know? engaged in this mm -hmm. way. I think so. I think so, because I used to think we were sort of an, an eye-minded society right. and that the oral elements were going to disappear. But no, I think ex exactly as you say, with podcast, with the, with the burgeoning recorded books industry, mm -hmm. people are engaging their imaginations in this way, and it's thrilling especially in the theater, because a play is essentially just a long stream of words. Absolutely. You know? um, what else are you working on, or what else are you hoping to work on as we get through the Christmas season and as go we, into next year? This is consuming me utterly. I sort of go into an oxygen tent at night and get a blood transfusion and then go on stage the next day. Eight performances so, uh, uh, a week? Yes, yeah, eight shows a week, some, uh, sometimes more, uh, facing more at, around the holiday itself. Sure. So. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm going to carry on as as best I can. And how were you uh, through the pandemic? I know that we're on the other side of that right now, but I, I think that we've we learned a lot. Was there anything that you came out of it and said I'm so appreciative for, aside from the crowds in Times Square, or um, you know I would never want to go back to how it was before the pandemic? Yes, I um, yeah I certainly don't miss it. Although kind of being alone with my wife, you know, yes. under house arrest. <laughs> Was 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 lovely. Um, I feel like I've been more appreciative of my time. Like I'm, yes. I'm, I protect my time more than I used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. It has made time more precious. But uh, 
as you were saying uh, beautifully at the beginning of the interview, it's just given you renewed appreciation for everything New York. The things that used to annoy us mm -hmm. uh, and bother us are, are now, we're rediscovering and appreciating them for what they are. Do you have a favorite place in New York now that you've uh, rediscovered? A favorite place to go? Well, uh, I mean, go my area. I, yes, I, I, I again, I, I just pretty much go from bed in my apartment to the dressing room. Uh, it's not a glamorous life, <laughs> unless I love going to like Bar Centrale, you know, yes. at the end of a long evening in that wonderful, cozy, speakeasy atmosphere. Um, but uh, and I just love always just walking the streets of Manhattan, muttering Christmas Carol to myself. Do you do it out loud? Um, I do, but the great thing about the pandemic okay. is that you're wearing a mask, all right? You sometimes choose to wear a mask, oh. and, and I can mutter away, and nobody sees my lips moving, you know, oh, so that they don't. What is of course, <laughs> everyone's crazy. I was gonna say, everybody's doing yeah. that, you know. Um, what is your memorization technique? I mean, um, you've done that for a while now, but still, yeah. you need the, you know, it's, it's new just, every time. It, it there is no easy way to memorize anything. Mm -mm. It's sheer drudgery and mm -hmm. repetition. And especially doing it for film and television because, you know, you don't get time to rehearse. You're just sort of thrown up there on a set you don't recognize. A, a theater is wonderful. A play is wonderful because you can associate everything with a physical action. I pick up this glass while saying that line. I sip from it, say this line, and put it down as punctuation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that sort of physical... Uh, life uh, is a useful mnemonic device as well. But I just, um, and my, my wife Susan is so patient and so kind and sits up in bed with the script balanced on her knees Aww. and hears me, you know, pacing back and forth, frightening the dog, you know, <laughs> and uh, screaming as Marley's ghost. But she endures that and has been just uh, the greatest help imaginable. We love her for that. We do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good to see you. And that's going to do it for us for this latest edition of the Broadway show Uncut. Be sure to tune in to our TV broadcast. It airs each and every weekend all across the country. You can also check out all of our past episodes at thebroadwayshow.com. All right, until next week, I'm Tamsin Fidel, and this is the Broadway show Uncut. Uncut.